Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. It is Charles Pinky, me, and <laughs> Bedside Brat, me. <laughs> we are Sam's Shade because we're recording in the middle of the day and she does not have the, the joys of the work from home. Just kidding. Working. We're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Snitch. Um, what's going I'm on? on lunch break. Um, yeah you know same i i mean let's hop into the on red or replies on red or reply i'm going to reply to i had so many things i wanted to reply to i kind of wanted to reply to the beyonce song reply to them all yeah i mean i'm gonna reply to the new beyonce which so oddly enough, I can't remember what the damn name the song is called. You can't take my soul. Is that what it's called? You can't take my soul. Actually, I think it's called "Take My Soul." Maybe it's "Take My Soul." You can't take my soul. The, the memes and the things are hilarious, but like the vibe, I really fuck with because I think we're talking a lot about like work life balance, and we're in the middle mm. of this great resignation. And it's just kind of cool to have that as a soundtrack, even though I haven't seen, seen people be like, Beyonce, please don't try to speak for the working man that can't actually afford to just up and quit their job. Um, right. But I also did see something kind of interesting that was saying that Beyonce is always um, like... Oh, it's break um, my soul. <laughs> oh, break my soul. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm over here talking about the damn thing. I don't even know. <laughs> but I saw something that said like Beyonce is always align with like social movements like she when she had um the self-titled album I want to say that was a pink and black one Mm -hmm. it was like her feminist manifesto and that's when people were really talking about feminism and like where black women fit in feminism she had like the Chimamanda Adichie Mm -hmm. like excerpt on there and then with like uh Lemonade it was like her like Black Lives Matter vibe and then now she's on this like great Quit job <laughs> yeah gen z energy um you know she sticks with the times uh also on music i'm into um the chloe bailey surprise have you heard that it's just Mm-mm. cute and sexy it's funny though because um what's that uh, uh he used to be hot this this uh this model he had a appearance oh, oh, on the yeah, dark skin one yeah damn i feel like he fell off personally <laughs> but wait uh i know i'm like he was on insecure one. um not, not say the boy fell off but like he, remember he when he was like hot like everybody was feeding for him you know yeah he was like that guy wow can't find the damn man's name sorry i Y'all just googled know chloe about. bailey and black man no that's bad yeah look it up Chloe Bailey, what's the name surprise, of surprise, surprise, surprise video? Um, it has 
It's like a B name. I know, but like, why is it not popping up? This doesn't make no sense. Broderick Hunter. There it is, Broderick Hunter. And I was trying to think who was another like, you know, no shade to you, Broderick. I think you are a gorgeous, fine man. But like, who are the girls like really into these days? Like, who's the new thing on the block? Hmm. I don't really know. But I remember yeah. when Brod- like Broderick was like a thing. Uh, yes. Even though you know? I thought there were some rumors. Okay, because somebody said the same thing to me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that he celebrates the month of June. <laughs> but I don't um, know. It's just a rumor. I heard to that too. I did. Allegedly, <laughs> I did hear that. That's hilarious. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but yeah, so those are the things. Um, another thing I'm going to reply to is my friends are getting married and they asked me to do a reading at their wedding. last oh. Yesterday, they called me Mallory and Laura. Oh. And so sweet. Do you know what you're going to read? Screaming. Nah, I, I mean, I'm definitely not writing something. I feel like that feels like a lot of pressure. Yeah. And then they were like, you could pick, I could pick whatever I want. But I was like, let's make this a collaborative effort because I really don't want to like pick some shit that doesn't make any sense or like that doesn't really encapsulate it. Like, you know, they know their relationship yeah. more intimately than I do. So I want to just do like, you know, honor it in the right way. So, yeah. And then my on red will be my blackface story of Spain. Um, should I just hop into it right now? Yeah, hop into it. Oh, child. Okay, so for the listeners, I have been away for the past like 10 days. I was in on these islands called the, the Canaries. They're off the coast of Morocco, but they are Spanish islands. And my f- friend's family has a, a house there. So we went that they used to go there every summer. So we went down, whatever, chilling, chilling, chilling. And then the last couple of days of the my time there, they were celebrating their the Grand Canarian carnival which apparently i guess like in the streets they would do like feathers and like you know caravans and things like that but we didn't actually go see that part we missed it and Mm -hmm. i should back up a little bit something that was kind of interesting is that at least as it was conveyed to me the island that we were on grand canaria is like a gay mecca like the main hot spot where people go out is like this big shopping center that's converted into like all the places like a strip mall but like several floors but like a out mm. like an outdoor mall all the like little storefronts are small like gay bars there's like a hundred of them it's crazy oh, that's cool it's really cool so you're just walking through all these like um outdoor mall with this big square in the middle and the first day that we went out to, it's called yumbo is the area the first time we went out there they were having a drag gala with like these big like like teams competing and like huge amazing outfits and all the people that attended were also like in drag and looked amazing but then I did peek a couple people with some real interesting looking costumes like a man was dressed as like a Rasta somebody was dressed as like like it wasn't like too bad but I was peeping it I think I saw like some people in afros like doing like a Diana Ross look or whatever but not on the Luann Deceps kind of kind of giving Luann Deceps remember when like were they because an afro is one thing if you're being diana ross exactly but like were they cut there was no color on the face so it was like i was like okay sure it didn't i didn't it wasn't really bothersome to me but i did think it was fine it didn't really hurt me but anyway so then the next day we go back for like the after party for the carnival thing and people had all types of shit geisha costumes native american headdresses like 
I was like, first of all, they were treating it like Halloween. It was very right. odd. Like, like I don't a, know, carnival inappropriate like that. Halloween. <laughs> very much so. So the whole time we're like, damn, that's weird. That's not a cute outfit. Ooh, that's kind of sus. And then we see the susses of them all. This big white man with his face painted black with red lips. He's wearing a blue afro and he's in a muumu and he's walking up ahead of me. And my literally the like air erased from my body, my ch- like everything kind of like sunk because I couldn't believe I was seeing something like that in front of my eyes. It was kind of it was like, whoa, what is that? It's just like odd. It's like you start like glitching because you're just like, am I seeing that? And then right. I, felt, I think I felt this kind of pressure to say something to him because I was the only black person in my group of people traveling. And I felt like they were all looking at me like, oh, and they all think that I'm some like, I don't know, woke politician or something. And I'm like, I'm not even oh my that God. girl. I'm, <laughs> I often see like the gray space in things, but yeah. I couldn't help myself. I, some, some, the next thing I knew, I was following the man up the steps. Like I was right behind him. Like, I just, I don't know why. I just had to like see more. And then I just started taking pictures of him. But then as Did soon he as see I get you to, taking pictures? Yes. Well, okay. So as soon as we get to the top of the steps, I see his partner in crime, this woman standing up there. She has even darker black paint on her face and r- big, bright red lips. And she has bananas in her hair. And yes. And I was like, oh, hell no. And I went over to where they were, but like for... for a fair distance away from them but I was just taking mad pictures of them like just trying to shame them and I was like mm, no that's not cute that's bad and they were like no it's good and like smiling and giggling like but being Do they speak condescending English? not like they were like mouthing like they're I have, I'm doing like shaking my finger no and they're giving me a thumbs up sign and like nodding their head and smiling and I took it as them being condescending like them uh, knowing that I would be offended by that yeah like they, I feel like they were just ready to be dickish and i'll continue to explain why so then i just finished taking all these pictures of pictures of these psychopaths and then i'm like i'm gonna just walk away whatever because in the back of my mind i'm already knowing what they think that they're doing right like there are these traditions in these islands you know that there are these this these historic figures that are rooted in racist depictions of black people stereotypical depictions of black people this like mammy character or whatever that exists in like folklore and legend or whatever and it becomes like, I don't know, I didn't see Atlanta, but I know that there's something like that that's happening this season um, that is based off of something that really exists in the Netherlands. There's like oh, wow. some story of a like a Christmas character, some like one of Santa's elves was like a black elf or something. Please don't quote me. But oh, people God. dress up like that elf every holiday season and they wear blackface and they'll do a whole parade about it. But it's like, what? we need to go back to understand like why that, figure was even placed in the story to begin with and what it was supposed to represent because every time you dress as that person you're perpetuating the stereotypical like origins of the story and on top of painting your face black and looking like a fucking psycho that's crazy what is wrong with y'all and then of course we go back to the stories of fucking like step and fetch it in all of that type of shit and minstrelsy you're doing so many things when you put blackface on your face it's not like you have to interrogate these like these figures in your in your culture period Mm -hmm. like because that was one thing in that moment that I was like people do that shit in America somewhere I'm sure but we've really taken the time to unpack like why we can't continue to do that shit anyway so my friend I'm like yo let's walk away my friend's like 
I gotta say something to them. I have to say something to them. Like, I just need to understand why they dress like that. At the very least, I'm gonna let them know, like, we're from New York and the UK and like shit like that doesn't fly where we're from. So mm-hmm. he tries to start having a civil conversation with the man. The man starts showing him some pictures of some like mammy figure. I start talking to the woman and she's like, no, can I please explain? And she's like giggling and smiling. I'm like, why are you giggling? You like, <laughs> what's good with you? But she's like, no, it's a good thing. Like my housekeeper, she's, this is like in broken Spanish. My housekeeper is Senegalese. She gave us these dresses to wear. She told us it was a good idea if we dress like this character. It's a good idea. Are you, are you saying you're paying homage? Because you can't be paying homage to a character that was created to be racist and stereotypical, period. Right. So like what? So then she's like, no, let me show you. She starts pulling up her phone and she shows me a picture of a little black boy. And I was like, girl, that's a baby. Like, I just screamed that like, why are you showing me this little black child and you telling me that you dressed up like that has something to do with that baby you shouldn't be around a a little black child you share space with that little boy you need to get far away from him (laughs) so crazy and then she started screaming at me and calling me stupid and then they started calling my friends the f word and the it was just it turned into like a melee oh my gosh (laughs) at first i was like okay Cause I don't really know. Like I know the history of like minstrelsy and like blackface and all that in America. Right. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, I forgot what the festival is called. Maybe I'll find it next week, but, or maybe I can do a quick Google, but there's something in Colombia too, where like people dress up in blackface. And I know like, even in Brooklyn, like the Hasidic Jewish community have almost like a, almost like a Halloween. And I saw mm-hmm. like pictures of them in blackface I don't what know. I was like, about? I was, yeah, I was like, I know it's racist in America, right? Mm-hmm. There's a history. I've learned about it in my like American pop culture courses in college. But like, is the history the same elsewhere? I, I don't know. But even still, it's like, why is it that caricature? Like black people don't have black skin, exactly. big red lips and banana stuff in their hair exactly like they had the overdrawn lips that were all the way around their whole mouth and it's all like sloppily smeared on so it also just felt just just nasty like like it's not like to look like you're trying to look clownish yes that's the word and then they were wearing these afros one had on a a blue afro and the other ones was orange yeah it's like clownish it's mockery yeah. Like if you were going to so if you're going to tell me that there's this this historic character or story of this woman in your culture or whatever and she had bananas in her hair and she did all that type of shit and we're at the drag gala and you want to turn it into something with a fucking banana headdress. I don't right. know. Like maybe you could like artistically do it, no black face on your face and I don't know, talk I don't know. And like what's some, the exception yeah. obsession with wanting to be black anyways? Why can't you find a white character to dress up as? That always gets me. But see, I don't think that it was about the black character. Like, I really think that they were trying, like, they, it, you got, the, the picture came through when I sent it, right? To you? Yeah, it looks, they looked like clowns. Yes. It was weird. It's crazy. They look like clowns, but like they painted their skin black. It was so weird. Yeah, that it was, was trippy. jarring. Like, if, if I that's saw, the word, it was jarring to see that in real life because I've seen it like in pictures or like in old videos or like when these politicians get you know their high school photos dug up (laughs) exactly 
But like in real life? In, in real life. That shit was so crazy. weird. That and then crazy. to be like defensive about it, like, okay, maybe you didn't know, but then don't start calling me stupid. You know, cra- yeah. That is yes. so. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. that. Wait, so was the carnival like, were they playing Caribbean music? Is, or no. was it just, okay, so it was just like a festival? Yeah, well, I missed the, the carnival itself. I'm tight about that. I really wanted to go, but, you know. Um, by the time we got to the thing, it was it was so weird because, it was just like at this shopping center thing again. And since it's this gay Mecca, they were playing like Kylie Minogue and things like that. And then there's people walking around in blackface. I'm like, this is so like, it feels counterintuitive. Like (laughs) how are we being bigots? But this is like a safe space. Right. Damn. It was just weird. So weird. It was fucking weird. I never seen no shit like that before, but there were some black people that were around that saw like us getting like hype with them and they're like yo what's good i was like yo they're in blackface and the, they, they were like yeah that's how it is here <laughs> i'm like damn do we need to well, be they have stockholm what is it stockholm syndrome or just they're just numb to it all or they just have accepted it you know yeah. i don't know i could do a little bit more research on this i guess i all i know is that that shit was nasty and i didn't like seeing it and it just has no place. I just don't think it has a place. I don't know. Yeah, there yeah, was a documentary about this in the about Amsterdam. Anyway, I'll do and some. Now digging. a word from our sponsors. Hey, group chat. It's me, Sade, and I am here to talk to you all today about always ultra thin pads. Now, as you can imagine, you all know I'm the queen of self care, and I like to feel comfortable. Pads were not my thing, but ever since being introduced to Always Ultra Thin, I'm back on the pad wave. Let me tell you why. There's superior period protection, you don't have to worry about leaks and discomfort, and Always Ultra Thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store brand. So head over to always.com and get you some Always Ultra Thin pads. Tell them that I sent you. And now we are back with more Black Girls Texting. Let's, yeah. let's continue on. Tell me about you, Chelsea. That is so wild. Um, okay, what about me? Um, well, I'm going to reply to JetBlue. Oh. <laughs> I was telling you guys, typically I'm a Delta girl, but like Delta has been like really fucking me over a lot recently. They've canceled my flights. They've given me a hard time in terms of a refund or like some sort of compensation like they're just giving me the whole runaround actually I actually had a phone call with a Delta representative and it was the first time I've ever had someone be this rude like she actually was like they were rude she was rude because I had been going back and forth for like 20 days between Amex travel and Delta to figure out who's gonna give me my refund because one Mm -hmm. of you guys need to do it and Mm -hmm. like they kept passing the buck to each other passing the buck but when you call Delta, it's always like a two-hour wait. Yes, but which is crazy. It's crazy. But when you call Amex, it's like a two-minute wait. Mm-hmm. So I called Delta, got through to Delta, and I was like, hold on. I'm going to three-way you into Amex because I'm tired of calling both of you and not yeah. getting an answer. Y'all got to speak to each other. So y'all got to speak to each other. And the lady's like, well, I don't know how that's going to help. And I was, and I kept trying to explain to her that, ma'am, I've been doing this for 20 days. And like now I'm getting frustrated. So I just want a solution. And you guys keep both giving me incorrect information. So I'm going to put you guys both on a call on your recorded line so we can get an answer. <laughs> and she was like, 
I was like, I was like, are you okay? And then she was like, um, I just, I just don't understand why I need to be connected. I was like, ma'am, the um, Amex phone line, like I get to a, a representative in one minute, like just hang on one second. I need help. I keep calling. I'm keep getting help. And she was just like huffing and puffing. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And then at one point, the Amex person was like, give me one second. Let me check. You know, when they put you on a mm-hmm. brief hold, she literally put me on a one minute hold. And the Delta woman's like, okay, I'm going to hang up now. No, and I, was like, I was like, no, I would like for you to stay on the line so you can help me. And then this bitch hung up. And then the Amex person came back and basically was like, yeah, go through with the Delta team and do the refund. It'll we'll bring we'll give it back to you or whatever. And I was like, well, the bitch just hung up. Oh my God, I would have lost my mind, bro. No, I did. I called back Delta. I was like, whoever I was with last time, like she was terrible. She did this. Like I told them the whole thing. But like, I was like, are you, are you insane? Like I'm the one who's distressed. <laughs> and girl, what do you got to do? Rush and go pick up some other calls? Right. If anything, take it. Just take, take your this, time on this call. And then it's a five star thing. I'll take the survey after. I, I always take the survey because they, I know at call centers that helps them get paid. And exactly. if they're helpful, I do a survey. Always. Like, this bitch, I did the survey for her. Oh, I'm too. sure you did. I'm <laughs> sure you did. Think about that. I gave her a one. <laughs> I, how much would you recommend this person? Not at all, ever. <laughs> Unsatisfactory. Um, but yeah, but on the other hand, so I'm leaving Delta's ass on red. <laughs> and I'm replying to JetBlue because I'm like tired of Delta abusing me when I'm so loyal to them. And JetBlue has made it so easy for me to like change my flights. Like the thing just goes back to your travel credit and like you just use that money for the new flight. It's just so easy. And then if you need to talk to someone instead of waiting for like two hours on the phone, there's just like this text option and they just like text you. And like, they have help that you. for Delta too, but you still have to wait. Have you never done the text Delta? No, I've never done it with Delta. Oh, they have it. But I always feel like they don't know what they're talking about. And <laughs> they don't, like, I always have a complex question and they're telling me to like text the person. And then at first, of course, you get like an automated person, whatever. Oh, I see, I, didn't, I don't get an automated person with JetBlue. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, JetBlue. But you know, it's yeah. kind of also really random as we're talking about airlines. I was thinking about the importance of representation on planes. And I know mm. people think about that with like the pilot. Like I've, I don't think I've flown with a black pilot before. Maybe. I know but a black I've, pilot. Oh, he's single? <laughs> or she? No, no, he's, he has a, he's married. He's married. I've flown with a woman pilot before and I was like, oh my God, this is lit. But the, I don't think but, I've ever had a woman. That was fire. But when I was flying home from London, the lady, I saw one of the flight attendants get on. She was a black woman. She had like an AKA tag on her bag and she was carrying a Telfar. And I was like, I love this. Suddenly I I felt a little bit safer on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) What is your fear about the plane? Like I think I'm going to crash. Yes. But but like it's, it doesn't happen. Uh, But it just did like mad times. (laughs) <laughs> to not mad times do you get scared when you're in cars i'm starting to get scared in cars okay yeah 
I'm telling you, I have a problem. I probably need to be medicated. Um, but no, literally, I'm really starting to get scared in cars. And I'm like, this is, a, I can't be scared in fucking cars now. But I'm not really that scared. But planes, the, when I flew to London, the plane was making crazy sounds. It was like, boom, boom. <laughs> what like, airline was it? Bitch, this was supposed to be um, JetBlue, but it was operated by fucking Virgin Oh, I, I love like Virgin. I did too. It was <laughs> ghetto. Oh my God. Oh, I wrote them the fuck up. <laughs> it was Damn. trash. Old ass plane making sounds, creaking what? and boom, boom, booming the whole way through the sky. Like, That's it was, wild. It was I like saw something Virgin was, was hitting it. Purple. Yes. Oh God. It was like boom in the middle of the air. Like it was crazy. <laughs> I flown Virgin from New York to LA and it was like sexy. This was not it. Yeah, anyway, okay, I've done New York to LA. I'm gonna say I hope you enjoy all this airline talk. <laughs> I think people like air. I think people like our random chatter. <laughs> I hope. Um, I hope. Is your hotline blingy? Mm, nah. I mean, I'll say this. I guess it's blinging with plans for Pride weekends. When I'm exactly excited. is that? It's this coming well we're recording right now on thursday june 23rd and shit is about to start cracking tomorrow i think i'm gonna go back to the um the black and brown circuit party uh laquan is hosting that's the one that i went to last time where yeah. nobody was allowed to wear shirts <laughs> and they had the dark room and stuff so you're gonna get some pasties oh i don't know what i'm gonna fucking wear i gotta figure that shit out is it still no shirts? I th- I think that's always the rule. Oh. Get pieces. I mean, or it's... get those like tassels. <laughs> <laughs> but they give like crazy amazing outfits. Like I I, I waited too long because I thought I was gonna be doing other shit this weekend. But you know, I don't know. I was gonna do I was gonna be like very hetero this weekend. But um, <laughs> not very hetero. I was the sits hat. The sits hat. I was, but then I, I honestly, you know, I I feel like this often. I'm like, a lot of the times with my friends, my like, the friend group that I chill out chill with most often is all gay men. I'm often like the only cis het woman there. Are you het? Um, het ish. Het ish. Okay. I know. I'm like at this point, I could just step into like the queerness of it all. Yeah, and I wouldn't feel as fugazi, but literally the weekend's coming, and all my friends are like, "Okay, bitch, where we at? What are we doing?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, y'all really want me to be around, Oh Um, it just makes me very happy, but I'm always conscious of like, am I taking up space? Should I be here? Like da 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 da. But I, I really don't even think about it like that because I was, I don't know. It's just this this friend circle that I've fallen into most recently has just been the most open, like welcoming people. And every time I hang out with them, I meet new people every time and they're cool as fuck. And we always just end up vibing and then forming our own friendships and like true friendships. Like I'm going to these people's birthdays and doing all this kind of shit. And like, I don't know, I just fuck with this circle and it's making me love New York so much more because there's just always fun things to do with them. And they're just like dope ass people. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. You're so excited about our black girl doing shit. Yes. You're going to hear her bio when we step into the group chat, but we're so excited to have Ty Beauchamp with us. She is a 
constant black girl doing shit and she is our big sister in our head she exudes so much positivity and confidence and compassion and like is really about bringing women together uplifting women uplifting black women in particular um health and wellness like she's committed to it and it's so genuine and authentic you're gonna fucking love this let's hop into the group chat so you can meet our black girl doing shit and now a word from our sponsors Oh, I have a confession. I hate wearing pads. They feel like diapers to me and it's just not sexy. Not only is it thick, but it's like wet and gushy and too moist in between my legs. And then I get paranoid about leaks. No one wants to leak. Ugh, you literally feel everything everywhere. And God forbid you cough or you sneeze or you laugh too hard. Who knows what's going to happen? I hate pads. I feel you. I used to be very much anti-pads and I have tried so many different kinds. I have to say like nothing is worse than being afraid to sneeze on your period or to your point, like you're hanging out with your friends and you laugh too hard or God forbid you're with your man and then you're leaking everywhere. Like that is not the wave, but I got you. I'm going to put you on. I recently tried Always Ultra Thin, which is the superior period protection, especially compared to some of these other store-bought brands. Like, I'm telling you, no more drama in my life. (laughs) Well, I'm definitely going to try it. I mean, I need something that's going to soak up the moisture, um, deal with all that gushiness, because it's uncomfortable. So maybe I'll give pads another try. I was ready to move on from the pad life. I'm telling you, it's the wave. It feels light and comfortable. You don't have to worry about that diaper feeling. Or, you know, sometimes when you're like laying with a pad on and it's like twisting around and you feel it in your underwear, like that's not, that's not it. And you're not paranoid about the leaking. I don't know exactly what the technology is, but always ultra thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store-bought brand. Like moisture wicking for the vagine. That's what we need. Wow, that's amazing. I'm going to have to try them stat because nothing else has been working for me. Thanks again for the rec. Yes, girl. Go to always.com. You can learn more and get you some pads. Our friends at Ulta Beauty shared a few product recommendations for keeping your curls juicy and joyful. Ulta Beauty recommends using the following products in your routine to help in prolonging your protective styles by keeping your hair healthy and hydrated. First, cleanse with Sunday Sunday Root Refresh Micellar Rinse. This lightweight and gentle cleanser is color safe, sulfate free, and keeps your scalp and hair fresh between washes. Ulta Beauty's next recommendation is Kemet Biologics Burdock Root Buttercream, which provides rich, lightweight moisture for fine, thin, afro-slash-coily hair, delivering 24-plus hours of moisture without the buildup, perfect for dry, medium-low porosity hair. We'll finish with Rizzo's Curls Nourish Oil, which is made with 100% pure essential oils to provide a radiant shine. This lightweight oil quickly absorbs and penetrates, providing moisture and minimizing frizz for visibly healthier looking hair and scalp. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Ulta Beauty or Ulta.com to shop all your hair care essentials now. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Oh my God. The moment we've been waiting for. The Mm -hmm. woman that's in the group chat right now. 
this is so long overdue. We have Miss Ty Beauchamp. And if you don't already know, Ty is an award-winning TV host, producer, and serial entrepreneur who innately connects and empowers women. And I feel that line so much because that is so her. An alum of Spelman College, Ty is a thought leader and respected beauty, fashion, and lifestyle authority and has been named one of the 50 most influential people in, multi, in the multicultural market by Women's Wear Daily. Ty was formerly an editor at O, the Oprah Magazine, by Vixen and Seventeen Magazines, where she made history as the teen magazine's first Black and youngest beauty and fitness director in the title's entire history. In 2006, Ty founded Ty Life Media LLC, a media and creative consulting company that partners with global brands across multi-channel platforms to develop lifestyle and wellness content. And in early 2020, Ty further expanded her entrepreneurial footprint, co-founding Brown Girl Jane, the first and preeminent plant-based beauty and wellness collection centering women of color. One of Ty's most recent projects is her popular Instagram live series, Morning Mindset with Ty, a daily live session aimed at setting your spirit, heart, and mind off to the right start each morning. Welcome, Ty, to the group chat. Oh Welcome. my God. I'm so excited to be here. It's like, <laughs> well, it's always so incredible to see you ladies. And I feel like quite honestly, we have never done it together. Right. Like it's always, I'm seeing Glenn or I'm seeing Chelsea or I'm seeing Sade. And like now um, I just feel so happy to see all three of you as one beautiful collection. But even that, you all inspire me. And I've said that to you all individually. I mean, it's true because, um, you know, this, this new way of connecting and as young women, the way that you do it so intentionally um, and in a way that I didn't know how to because the platform like this wasn't available then, um, just super inspiring. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, Black girls texting. Yay! Hey, Ty! <laughs> I feel like I always say this, but like, I highly recommend that if you're listening, you get yourself on the YouTube because the girls are all smiles. Like, we are... Ear to ear, so, so happy that you're here. Because the love well, and the you. energy is right. Before we start off, just want to do a little check-in. How is everybody feeling? It's the end of the day here in New York. I have had a day and it's rainy and I'm like tired. And I just got home from Spain, so I'm jet lagged. A lot of things. Wah, wah, wah. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I, 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 just got, I just flew in. It was so very exhausted. I just... I'm just so tired, you know. Trying to like get me. back on this time zone. Yeah, the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my real, really, really nice problems to have. Like, well, <laughs> um, I, but no, seriously, I think appreciating being tired and listening to that and honoring that, even when you just came back from Spain. And what I love is being able to voice that. I think about our ancestors who couldn't talk about fatigue, mm. who didn't have the opportunity to express you know, exhaustion or joy or any of it. So, okay, you're tired and back from Spain. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but we, we appreciate that. So, yeah. Um, and how are yeah. you doing? How are you feeling? I actually, um, I, it's weird. I have this little bit of fatigue. I'm not tired. I'm highly energized right now. Um, and I had a really productive day, both with Brown Girl Jane and with Thai Life Media, which 
seldom happens. Mm. Um, um, and this is true. I, I mean, it seldom happens that I'm, I feel productive in both businesses on the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, I systematically try and focus my Thai like media TLM days on certain days and then Brown Girl Jane on other days. Mm-hmm. Um, today was one of those days that I just was doing both. Um, and I felt like it was a productive day, even though some things didn't get done that I wanted to get done. So my spirit is great. I'm happy to see you. How are you doing, Sade? I am putting, my big girl panties are on. They are big girl panties. They are big. They are <laughs> bloomers. I have on bloomers. I have on bloomers. <laughs> I was on the phone with the lawyer, the mortgage company the parents talking about life estates and wills and all this stuff but uh, again I really like how you kind of shifted the narrative in terms of being tired I feel very blessed that I'm able to start to build this generational wealth not even start Mm -hmm. this was my grandmother's house Mm -hmm. um and so really thinking about the legacy that I'll be able to carry on to my children my mom actually said if your son is living in the house. And I was like, yes, manifest me a son. She ordained it, yes. <laughs> I, I'm she like, said, don't, don't bring no granddaughters around. Right, here, right. Like, <laughs> I was like, yes, I can see my little spoiled son up in the crib. You know, we're going to raise him right. But it was just, it was nice. And just being <laughs> to have that, as exhausting as it is having these conversations, it is a blessing. So I'm feeling blessed. Shade, Girl, pass I the torch to, talk- to Chelsea. Oh, yeah, I, I'm like, but I want to say Shade really quickly, like having those conversations are so real. And I'm so proud of you to be having them now. Like I was home with my parents and, you know, I think I'm like 15 years older than you or something like that. And, you know, I was like, look, I need to know where everything is, how mm-hmm. everything is going. So I think the proactivity mm-hmm. um, and y- your your mom and family being really kind of intentional about having those is good. So bravo, black girl. Bravo. Black girl doing shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Doing the things, doing the things. Chelsea, how are you feeling? I am also feeling a bit tired. Um, last night I was at my acting class and I got home at like midnight. So it's a lot, um, but also like happy, you know, I'm in LA. I'm still loving it. Glad to be here in the sunshine. So loving life. And your tiredness is coming from you staying up all night doing the thing you love, working on your craft. I love that, Chelsea. Yeah. I love yeah. that you're acting. I didn't know that, Chelsea. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people don't know. And like, even I don't really understand my identity yet as like an actor. But um, being in this new community of like my classmates, they're all super encouraging. So like every time I do, I did a monologue the other day. Um, I did a scene from the photograph last night and they were so like supportive and like, Mm. I don't know, just like breathing life into me. So now I'm like, okay, I'm an actor. And I just keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And keep saying it too. Like, I think the other thing is like, we become what we say and what we Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because I, you know, living in the land of actors or, you know, um, growing actors or want to be I always say when I meet people they're like well I'm kind I'm like let's own it especially Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. as women and as black people and as marginalized people like even if you're not it who's to tell you that you're not it so Chelsea be actress period 
period. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I asked how we were feeling in this moment now when thinking about um, how we start our mornings, right? And morning mindset with Thai. I wanted to learn more about how this movement really began because I see you popping up on my feed on the IG Live in the morning and it'll be early on the East Coast. So you're up. <laughs> I, I be up. I be up. But I also, I also go to bed. Last night I was at an event for um, the season five premiere of The Shy. Um, and by 9.30, I'm like, y'all, it's my time to go. It's my time to peace out. I have my Sex in the City days. I'd be like, by 10 o'clock, 10.30, it's time for me to go. Um, yeah, so I, I really started to get into morning routines probably about 12 years ago, like sticking to them. Emil actually gifted me this book by Yana Vincent. And I've always like, you know, had a spiritual practice and I started to have some morning routine, but I would fall off. And, you know, then when I moved out here to LA, I really was going through a season of transition. Um, I don't like to call it um, depression because again, the words that we speak are really Mm. powerful. Mm. Um, But I definitely was in a state of not feeling elevated. Mm. Um, And so in that state, I started hiking, like I lived in front of Rainy Canyon, so I started hiking every single morning. Um, I like to say I was filled with anticipation, what some people call anxiety. So I started hiking and just going into this daily practice, and um, it really shifted and changed both my mindset, um, it changed my energy level, it changed my outlook, it changed my inspiration. It really connected me to God and spirit in a new way because here I was in nature and, you know, coming from New York and Wall mm-hmm. Street, I'm like, this ain't nature. The nature that you get in New York is pigeon poop and pigeon <laughs> shit all over. I mean, pigeon shit all over the place and rats running around and the smell of urine on subway. It's not exactly the nature that you really want. Mm -hmm. So, right. Yeah, that's it. So like, you know, I'm hiking and there's still dog shit everywhere, but I was like this, it just renewed my strength and my spirit. And so I would go on live some days, like when I would read something and be so inspired and people started coming in. And then I was like, I really don't want to talk to myself by myself. So then I started inviting people that I didn't know. Mm. in. So like just people who followed me um, and I would say, sign up to read with me. And so then I started making it this joint thing because I was promoting the book. So people were buying her book. Mm-hmm. So know that my book is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and I was I about to be like, you need a book. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> For sure. But for right now, you know, with running these businesses and trying to do that. So I'm like, yes, Auntie Ayala, buy her book and read it with me. I mean, we're revamping even morning mindset right now because I'm going to start to insert a little bit more pop culture and, you know, current events and all that, but really just building community. And this was happening during the pandemic. Right. And so I'd like to say how you begin is half the win. You know, oftentimes we're so focused on the finish line that we forget to start. So mm-hmm. how do you start? Um, And the truth of the matter is that morning routine, like when you study people who are highly achieved or highly successful, and I like Mm -hmm. to say successful because I don't like that word so much, um, but highly achieved people, they all have routines. So it increases your productivity when you set a routine. It it helps your daily relationships because you have it, it lowers stress. It's all of these scientific things that actually happen when you set this routine. So I was like, why don't y'all come join me for Morning Mindset with Ty? And that's how it started. So every morning on IG, which, um, you know, we're not going to stay there forever because I also want this group to be its own intimate group. This community has really kind of started to connect with one another. So it's not just about 
me and my routine. It's about them and us setting um, our hearts, our minds and spirits and building community simultaneously where they're shared uh, mindset and shared uh, likes and concerns. And so that's what it is. When y'all coming? No, I need to, I need <laughs> to I'm, pop I'm, in. I need to I'm gonna be popping in. I, cause currently I'm up waking early. up. I wake up early, but. What time are you up? I wake up at like five. Chelsea, you have to come in. It's every, it's every morning, Monday through Thursday at 6.15 a.m. PST. I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow. I'm up every morning. I would love to see you. That would be so And I love that it's this intergenerational thing. I mean, I have, Mm. I have 19 year olds in there that are in college and then I have 68 and 67 year olds. And, you know, and now these people are coming to LA to hike with me once a month. So it's been pretty, pretty, it's been pretty incredible. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Speaking of that, let's talk about the hike because that was an extension of your morning mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I I literally like, and and none of this was planned. So I just want to say also like, cause I know so many of us, you know, as we're texting, we're texting about our lives, but we're also texting about our businesses. And sometimes we're thinking about the business that we're meant to create. This is obviously a part of TLN and I'm still producing and I'm still hosting and all that stuff. And I need to still do that because that's my bread and butter mm-hmm. um, with TLN. But, you know, sometimes the most incredible ways to impact and build business and or community is not necessarily birth from a plan. It's just birth from doing and starting. That's why I say how you begin is half the win and that start. And so the hike just happened because I was hiking independent of morning mindset and people were like you know I would show myself hiking on my IG and people were like I want to hike with you I put it up and said come hike with me and 35 people showed up the first time wow. 35 black women showed up and then the second time 62 people showed up flying in from all over the country like flying in from Texas and Ohio the third time 88 women showed up wow so it, it's become this movement so much so I'm doing morning mindset with Ty, um, the hike and experience at Essence for not one, but three, but three brands. So my vision for the hike and experience is really kind of to have a dynamic partnership with someone like a live nation and bring together kind of like these global hikes. So kind of think of girl track mixed with, I was thinking of girl track. Yeah. Yeah. With Brene Brown, but I want it you know, I want them to obviously go back and Girl Trek would be like the perfect partner for us because it's not saying don't hike in your treks, but to actually do it where we go to these destinations and we meet up mm. because it's not just about the hike. It's an entire experience. We do cheers and chanting. We do sister circles. We do sound bath and meditation. Mm. We do a workout. So check out my IG and check out Morning Mindset with Ty on IG and you can see more of it. A thousand percent. I'm so down. And what you've kind of, you kind of touched on this, but what sort of mindset are you trying to impart in people when they Mm. start their day? Is it that they can have forgiveness in themselves for however the day goes, that they should enter the day with peace of mind? Yeah. Good question. Y'all are good. good. (laughs) No, we be doing a little something. I'm just saying y'all be doing some research and getting all the things because that's what y'all be doing from New York. I understand how it rolls. That's the Brooklyn. Um, yeah. So, you know, interestingly enough, like they are themed now. So it's a theme that I show up with. So like today was about forgiveness. Um, yesterday was about compassion. Um, and so it just varies because I think, you know, when we share a word, it means something different to everyone. Um, and so sometimes 
when I say the word forgiveness, that might trigger in Glenn the fact that she had an argument with someone and wasn't forgiving. But, you know, Mm -hmm. for Sade, it might be, I need to forgive myself for not doing, getting something done today, you know, for Chelsea. So these were, but also like what that ultimately does is unite us. It helps us to recognize the role that we play, like one in our own experience, but also the impact that we have on the people standing and sitting next to us. I have another question because I'm seeing this all on you in this very moment. It's your confidence. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, whoa. That's only because my hair is done and I got a red lip. It got the no, red I'm lip. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but you really exude so much confidence. And I'm curious if that's something that you've always had or that it's something that you've developed over time. Yeah. I would say both, if I'm honest. I think um, there were places and spaces that as a child, I felt completely confident. And then there were places and spaces as a child that I felt completely insecure. Um, I do believe that we can all learn confidence. Um, Mm -hmm. I I feel fortunate. Like, so for instance, you know, people are very surprised that I'm an introvert. So I get my energy not from being around a lot of people um, and people who are close to me are like, she needs to go inward. Like she's about (laughs) to go curl up and read her book, which is why I'm in bed at five, you know, not nine 30, 10 o'clock. Um, but like my confidence in terms of being able to speak, I owe that to my grandmother and to my mom and to my family, because I started taking oratory and speaking classes when I was three years old, because I started reading so early. So it's kind of crazy because my grandmother never really got to see me have a TV career or a speaking career or a hosting career because of her illness. So she never really got to witness that. Mm. Um, but she knew you know, um, because I was reading early and she pushed me to be an orator and she was an orator. So the confidence in speaking is a little bit crazy because if I'm honest with you guys, or you ladies, I had an anticipation attack, um, you know, literally 10 minutes before I was set to do a live in in an interview with a very big celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I anticipation attack again is my word for anxiety. Like I don't like to say anxiety. It was anticipation because I like to say I'm filled with anticipation um, just to change the narrative. And you know, the beautiful thing about having confidence is that you show up. But then sometimes the challenging thing about having confidence is that you show up even sometimes when you're not really equipped and resource to show up and you do it anyway. Mm. And I share that as an example, because I was about to go live and I was having an anticipation attack. And I mean, full on, like I was crying. My (laughs) girlfriend was there with me. I was on the phone with the guy I was seeing at the time, like, you know, on the phone with my boyfriend, like, you're like, oh my God. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, but I got to go live in 10 minutes. They're like, well, can you cancel? I was like, I can't cancel it. And I was still able to perform. Mm -hmm. And so the thing I recognize about confidence is, is, and this is why I say anyone can learn it and, and become it is because it's just mastering something that you know, and you know, well, so I know how to engage in conversation and I can do that with anyone at any time. And so that is what triggers the confidence to do it. Now, sometimes, you know, in that case with the anticipation attack, I probably should have been like, I need a break. Um, And that's a whole different conversation, a wellness Mm -hmm. conversation that I think, you know, Black women need to kind of take heed to and all women and people need to take heed to. Um, But yeah, the confidence, I think I've I've grown in it. You know, there were times when I remember, you know, as a young editor, when I first started at Oprah, I was 22 
And I knew what I knew, but I also knew what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so I had the confidence to proclaim what I knew, but I also had the confidence to ask and acknowledge what I didn't know. And I think oftentimes we confuse the idea of confidence with always knowing, Mm -hmm. but confidence is also recognizing when you don't know and being able to say that. Um, confidence is vulnerability. Confidence is just ultimately truth. And um, I think when we skirt or run away from truth, that's when our confidence is diminished. Mm. Mm. Wow. That made me just think of so many things because even when you said you were having like these feelings, I forget the word you use, but not anticipation, but you were feeling a little down when you moved um, to the West Coast and you still had the confidence to start you know, your morning lives, you know, I always feel like in social media, people only have the confidence to share the like the brightest moments Mm -hmm. and like the most positive moments, even though the real true moments are probably what's more useful and helpful to their audience. Mm -hmm. But like, that just made me think like you had the confidence, even in that time to like share those moments and be vulnerable and be true. Like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just comes back to truth. Um, and it's weird because, you know, a couple of years ago, we started using these words, like authenticity became the buzzword. And I was like, yeah, so yeah. over it because it, it was like the buzzword that people were like, they're there. But so many people still perform as their authentic selves. And I'll be honest. I mean, sometimes there are performances like me, that example of when I was having that intubation attack, I had to focus to perform, right? Because I had to show up and do something, but you know, The other thing, and I mean, you know, I speak very transparently about this and proudly, not just because I look 28, but I'm 44 years old. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm 44. So it's like, I've gotten to a place where I've had a shit ton of things that have worked and even more things that haven't worked. Mm -hmm. And that's honest. And, you know, because you grow in, I don't know, wisdom and just life. I'm just like, I'm, I have no problem just being you know fully transparent now there are some things that I definitely you know keep for closed doors and you know intimate relationships and that sort of thing but I I have no problem declaring my truth and I I think that that's powerful and I also think that it quite frankly is revolutionary for black women to be able to do that um, and to choose to do it even when it's uncomfortable for ourselves and even more when it's uncomfortable for other people. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. The last part, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Ty, you just beautifully segued me into my next question about thinking about age. So I just turned 30 and Sade, I'm airing you out. I don't think you hide as much as no. Chelsea does. Nobody knows how old Chelsea is. <laughs> um, she has successfully hoodwinked us all. The age changes every single day. Every- <laughs> It's very smart, I must say. Um, but Sade's about to turn 30. So actually, I'll yeah, ask yeah. a question to Sade first. How are you feeling as you're about to turn 30? Sade, do you have any feelings about it? I'm so excited. Everyone says, like, your 30s are so fun. I'm sure your 40s just get even better. And, like... <laughs> and the sex I, gets better, too. Is I've that heard true? that as well. The only thing that I am being a little, like anal about is just like my fitness my body oh uh, but that's always but I'm just like on my 30th birthday 
I want people to say this is the best she's ever looked in her entire life. I want their jaws to drop. I want them to be sick. And so <laughs> I'm on the Peloton, the Stairmaster, two a days, like exercising, but also really trying to like shift my mindset because, you know, as you get older, you have to be more mindful of the things that you're doing with your body. So I'm just taking this time pre 30 to really think about what I'm consuming, not just what I'm eating, but like mm. content I'm consuming, the people that are around me and just use this as a time to really just like go into this next decade with a bang. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I am all the way here for it. And you know, Ty, it's funny because you mentioned straight up a little while ago that you were 44 and I had a question here. Like, I don't know if you want to tell us your age. They say never ask a woman her age. Nah, fuck that. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, for real F that, because the other thing is if I can't declare I'm 44, then I'm dead. Like what's on mm. the other side of not saying my real age? And Bevy helped me, Bevy Smith helped me to like crystallize that because, you know, I work in entertainment. There are certain jobs that I certainly don't get anymore, but that's okay. Cause I don't know all the things that Lil Nas talking about. Like, so <laughs> it's okay. Like, neither I do actually, I. Right, right. <laughs> I I don't know. And that's okay. And quite honestly, I'm cool with not knowing, you know, um, you know, it's so it's so it's different. So I, I actually am very proud to be 44. With that being said, there are so many things now that I reflect on. I don't, I don't have very many regrets, but there are definitely some things I would have done differently now looking back. Um, But 30 is great. Um, Your thirties are incredible. Um, And the, the, the thing I will say You know, if you're not in a committed partnership or relationship, and if you're not sure about whether or not you want a family or or not, freeze your eggs. That's something I tell almost everybody, like every, you know, um, you know, uh, anyone that identifies as a woman and has a uterus, I say, freeze your eggs, preserve your fertility, even if you think you might not want children. Um, biological children, I think it's just really important because especially for black and brown women, because we're so focused on so many other aspects of our Mm -hmm. lives, um, Mm -hmm. that we sometimes forget about that aspect. And then the other thing I say, like you have until, I mean, it's, it's different for everyone, but if I were to do it all over again, you know, I was, I had a big job at 25. I had big jobs at 22 and I, was very serious and very focused and very poised and very gracious and all those things. I should have been dancing on tabletops until I was 29. <laughs> so by the time I was, you know, 30, at least, well, I should have been dancing on tabletops until I was 32. Anyway, but like by the time I was 28, I was an editor in chief. So then I had to have a whole different level of, you know, and so there are some things like I would have had a lot more fun. I would have partied harder in college and I would have partied harder in a different way in my Mm -hmm. 20s you know I was living the real sex in the city life at 22 but Carrie and her friends were in their 30s so Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so I was like a little bit too cool for school and too grown um in some ways and so I would have went ham honestly the timelines (laughs) are so confusing right because it's like you have people that are striving to be on like the the under 30 list and then you also have people that are you know thinking about settling down and their partners and their families and I'm sorry 
sure (laughs) you can have it all but like that's a lot of work and that's a lot of like shit to go towards for a certain Mm -hmm. timeline um so I guess my question is like do you think one needs to be prioritized over the other like how do you even think about as as women like we have career relationship and family and there's some time restrictions around certain things especially you're talking about the egg freezing like I think that's where I start to get a little in my head because I'm like okay so I got two years to try and do this and then three more for this and I really get in my Mm -hmm. head around the the structuring of how my life is supposed to go do you also wonder like can you have it all can we also throw that Mm. can you right Mm because I also don't even think about the time stamps I'm kind of like I'm doing this right now it feels really good I do think the egg freezing thing is a good point though and I kind of am of the mind of like when things come they'll come I have a long Mm. life Mm. but I don't know if that's if that's me like being delusional (laughs) you see me looking at you and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) you're like don't do it what So for me, I think having it all is possible, but having it all at the same time in the same way and at the same level is not realistic. Mm. Um, It's almost like, you know, when we say we're in partnerships or in a relationship, no one is always doing 50% of anything. There are going to be times Mm. someone is carrying 85% of the load and the other person is doing 15. There's going to be times when someone's doing 70%, sometimes 60%. Like, so it's this, that saying all things being equal, nothing is ever all things being equal. And so for me, I look at it that way. So here's, if I'm honest, you know, I've had a highly acclaimed career I've made a ton of money. I've also lost a ton of money. I've also invested a ton of money. And being an entrepreneur is not easy. I pay my people before I pay myself. Mm-hmm. You know, with TLM, with BGJ, it's also a different business because it's a products business with Brown Girl Jane. Mm-hmm. It's a products business. So it's not the same thing as a service business. Um, so it looks different. And those are two separate entities. Um, and there were times when I made a ton of money and there were times when I didn't. So I, I think, But what I will tell you is like where I sit today, um, because I did so much professionally, um, I'm willing to pull back from some of the professional acclaim to focus on my, on my personal life now. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I sit today. I think that to your point, Glenn, it's like asking yourself, like, what feels good now? Where do you want to be now? But I also like to say to young women, be thoughtful about that. Don't drive yourself batshit crazy thinking about it and force yourself into, you know, being paralyzed, but think about it Mm -hmm. and say like, you know, and know that there is not, you know, a set path for every single person and it might look different and it might need to be tweaked in real time. But if you know that you believe or think that you want to be a a mother at some point biologically, freeze your eggs. And the sooner you do that, the better. Don't wait until you're 32 or wait until you're 35, which is when I did it at 35, but I was among the first 5,000 women in the United States to actually do it for social reasons and not for medical reasons. So it wasn't even legal before I did it in 2013. Was it 2013? I'm bad with years. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, It was as recent as 2013? I think that women weren't doing it for social but, yeah you can yeah, only, the women you, were they, doing it for social reasons you you, wow. you were you were able to do it if you had like 
a medical reason. So if you had yeah. cancer or if, you know, you had other fertility re uh, issues that were related to medical, but if you wanted to do it just to preserve your fertility, it wasn't, it wasn't being performed then until the year that I did it, whatever year that was. Wow. Yeah. You guys didn't hear like that, the whole Roe versus Wade issue, which obviously is like, extremely detrimental but like another layer to that is the fact that okay if we're calling you know uh, this a baby or a child or a yeah. life um, then how are you allowed to you know free you, them think, yeah. and uh -huh. then just throw them out so it becomes like an issue in terms of people who are doing things you know in terms of their fertility um oh interesting so, yeah Damn, they can get least in our bodies right now and do it child <sighs> yeah <Right>. yeah <laughs> i was gonna do it this year and i was just like <sighs> well what's your what's your trepidation or what's your hesitation if you don't mind me asking i just didn't feel like going through the process, process. um mm -hmm. and like i don't know how comfortable you are speaking about it but from my That's knowledge there was just like you do have to do like a couple shots you will have like some downtime. And I was just like, when am I going to do it? You don't have an, a lot of downtime. It's not any real downtime. Um, okay. No, there's, I mean, I'm completely talk comfortable talking about it. I mean, I talked about it on World News Tonight. I talked about it to Essence. I talked about it to the New York Post. Oh, I've yes, you did talk about, about it to Essence. We, we saw that. Okay, yes. Yeah, yes. I've talked about it everywhere. Um, no, the downtime, it's, it's more of an inconvenience. That it is. Yes. But, mm -hmm. that's, but, that's, but that's what I say to... Are you not inconvenienced in your relationship with that boo that's driving you nuts? Are you not inconvenienced in your job? Are you not inconvenienced in your relationship with dealing with your parents? Like there are inconveniences. We have to be thoughtful about the yield of those inconveniences. Mm. So if that gives you the reassurance and the, the, the mind, the, the peace of mind and knowing that if you choose to use them, that they're there, it's worth it. But it's, you know, you, you take hormonal shots. I, I think I took the hormonal shots like for 12 or 14 days. And then you have to go and get monitored after like, I think the fourth or fifth day, I can't remember, it was so long ago, excuse me, every single morning. So you have to go to the doctor every single morning. So you have to be stationary. Mm -hmm. So I remember at the time I was traveling so much. I was working with InStyle at the time and I was traveling so much. So I had to be mm -hmm. home in order to go to the fertility specialist every single morning. And then one day I ended up in New Jersey. So I got monitored there rather than the city, but that's really it. And then you go in, you know, for one day and they retrieve the eggs and you go home and you have bloating and, you know, you feel like your cycle is coming and you feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable for like another three days. And that's really it. Um, I don't want to undermine it because there were, you know, definitely some, you know, the bloating was annoying, um, the pain that the cramps that I felt were annoying, but I, it was the most empowering thing I've ever done, to be honest, wow. the most empowering thing I've ever done in my life. I, I left there and I was just like, you know, with God's, you know, help of providing resource to do it. And also giving someone the mindset to create the science, I was able to you know, preserve my fertility for the future. Should I need them or should I desire to have children if I don't have them naturally? Mm. So they don't, so they don't take out all, the, all your eggs. They just take out some. Yes. So you're actually all girl children um, are born with all the eggs you'll have all of your life. And you're born with about 
Um, so I, I can't remember if the number is like 3 million or 3 billion, but it's like a large number of eggs. And so when you're born, all the eggs, like men make sperm and semen, but like you have all the eggs that you're going to have. And so every month when you start your cycle, you, you shed those eggs through your, menstru your menstruation. So like when that happens, that's why you want to get it done sooner. Also, because you're born with the eggs that you have, your eggs, if you're 30 are 31 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Because so, and the health and the vitality of a baby is ultimately um, conditioned by the health of the sperm and the vitality and the health of the egg. Mm -hmm. The older the egg, the more, it's right. The so the younger eggs. you do this, ex exactly. The <laughs> younger you do it, the better. So I actually say, you know, very publicly, I have friends, my Jewish friends are buying their daughters at 23. Yeah. No, that's not a bad idea. It's, so the sooner wow. you do it, the better, because even if you don't use them, and then also you're able then from a fertility standpoint, I mean, and obviously this is, you know, some, you know, evangelical people might have issue with this because you're ultimately taking science into, you know, science and nature into your hand. Cause then you mm -hmm. can say, I want to get pregnant now. And here's what it looks like. And be that as it may, it just allows you to have choices. And yeah. that's the space we live in, have all the yeah. options and choices. I'm watching someone very close to me struggle with the fertility process. And it is just like mm, such, it's very eye-opening. Like biggest fear, actually. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, basically she looked at me and was like, freeze your damn eggs. And I was like, ah! I'm doing that shit immediately. But you know, it's wild. Like, I'm sure you're already telling her, keep hope alive. But like, I know so many people who have like, done IVF or like I'm not sure if that's the correct process but they've done like fertility help mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden they got pregnant naturally <gasps> it, it, and it does it, it does happen because what happens when you're going through IVF the hormones that they give you are inducing the the production of those eggs dropping into your fallopian tubes right and so you're stimulating the the follicles of the the eggs that are already there. And so that increases your opportunity. So that's what ultimately happens. So if you were to shed or drop two to three eggs a month naturally, when you go through IVF with the, or with um, even cryopreservation, which is, so the, the cryopreservation is the, the egg freezing. medical egg term freezing. is egg for egg freezing. And so it's like the same first step that you take in IVF. Whereas in IVF, they extract the egg and then they inseminate the egg and place the egg back inside your inside a surrogate. So you're going through that first step of stimulating the eggs and retrieving the mm. eggs, but not, not fertilizing them and then implanting them again. So my eggs are stored. So I have uh, 10 eggs that I pay $1,200 a year to store. Oh, you wow. It should be free. Like, That's crazy. It should be, quite honestly. I agree. So mm. after spending the close to $15,000 on the process and the medicine and all of that. I spend $1,200 a year to freeze them, to keep them frozen. And what have you been wow. thinking about in terms of motherhood? Yeah, oh man, I'm thinking a lot. That's why I'm like, you know, some things with my career have to change. You know, I've been mm -hmm. hyper-focused on it. I'm ready for my husband. I am ready for my husband. I've been doing a lot of, lot of, lot of work, personal work, deep spiritual work deep emotional work, deep psychological work, deep trauma work, deep history work in order to heal a lot of the things that um, didn't allow me to show up in relationship always. 
the mm. way that I want to in the future, even if it weren't the right person. I just want to be better as I show up and, uh, you know, receive what God has for me in terms of my life partner. Um, in terms of motherhood, you know, if I'm honest, I mean, I'll be 45 in January. There's a lot of question around what motherhood looks like for me. I don't at this time desire to do it by myself because I don't want to do shit else by myself. Mm -hmm. want, <laughs> uh, like that's why it's incredible having business partners with Brown Girl Jane. I don't want to do anything else by myself and I don't, but you know, in terms of choosing actively mm -hmm. to do anything by myself. Um, so at this time, I don't think I want to be a single mom, but I do think about should in a couple years, you know, finances change because a business takes off in a very particular way or we sell it or something like that, I would probably adopt on my own. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think about that, but my prayer is that by next fall um, or next spring, fall, spring, I will be in a relationship with my husband and then we can decide what we're going to do then. Um, but I don't want to do it by myself. So I have no plans for the eggs right now. I'm actually planning to get my boobs done before I get those. <laughs> eggs open. Well, we are sending all the positive <laughs> energy towards your man and, and, and you starting that family. And I really just want to like reemphasize what you said about doing that work on yourself. Um, mm -hmm. We talk a lot about like therapy and like, I just, just started, Chelsea just started so and like, I feel like a, a lot jazz of conversation. Dance. <laughs> no, like, honestly, it's it's so important. And, and and Chelsea, I feel like we've even talked about this. It's like for me, it's like a muscle, right? But also, like when I talk to my therapist, she's like, "Why are you here?" And I was like, "I want to be a better version of myself every day, every week, every month." Mm -hmm. And then what that looks like as us as a team, or to my family, or as a partner, or as a parent, like being able to do that work manifests and opens up so many doors. And I feel like people don't want to like, think about that. They just want to be like, oh, well, I'm fixing a problem. I'm like, you don't necessarily have to have a quote unquote problem, even though everybody a little fucked up, but you know, like <laughs> you don't necessarily have to be like this one traumatic thing happened to me and I'm trying to fix it. It's like, no, like, how can I be a better communicator? How can I be, um, more understanding? How can I be, even if you think you're great at those things, there's always, you know, you can always improve, I think. And so I love that you said that because in doing that work, how can you now show up for your future man that we're manifesting right here? <laughs> I mean, right are we here, manifesting right him or like, well, what's the tea? <laughs> well, well, what's the tea? Oh, Glenn! Well, <laughs> I mean, talk about an interviewer. Okay, she said it's not her um, first rodeo. Like, um, no, so yeah, you know, there, there, there's someone special in my life uh, that I love very, very deeply. And my prayer is that we are able to align um, in, in a way that it makes sense for us to grow and to be each other's purpose partner and lover um, and champion um, and best friend. That's been one of the things that I've learned about myself as I, um, because I, I was engaged at 25. That was a shit show. Um, and got well, let me let me take this back because actually I'm still very close with my family <laughs> uh, no but not let me not take that part back but no it was a shit show and they know it was a shit show but um 
it was a it was a wonder it was a great experience that I had in my as a 25 year old and I'm happy I had it as a 25 to 28 year old because it taught me what I do not want in relationship Mm -hmm. um but I think it also goes along with what I shared with you all about where I was at that time I was so grown you know I had this big job and you know we drove a Range Rover and we lived in the Browns like all these things and it was you know really before my time and that's why I also like to say like you know as young people or people in general be where you are mm-hmm. and acknowledge the power of being where you are and allowing that and not trying to be everything that you see at the finish line mm-hmm. um so I was engaged then you know I, I dated someone um you know that that i still have a great relationship with who's now married then I dated someone else and then I had like a 10-year situationship with someone mm. which was way too long listen let me just tell y'all this if y'all gonna have a situationship create a real cutoff that's not gonna take years and years but the thing is is that it wasn't even a bad situationship it was a great situationship and we loved each other and like really loved each other but I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere, but I was comfortable in it. Shade is I evil eyeing me. So sorry. Do you feel me looking at you in uh, that box over there? I had a four year long situation ship, but like we have cut, like it's, it's dead. Is but it I could have, no, it's done. Is it's it done? done. It's, it's definitely done. done. Is it's it done, done though? Is it done? I'm going to do the charade and Marlo. It's <laughs> 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 no, 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 it's done. It's done. It's done. But there were times that I was like, this is so chill. I could do this forever. But he also already had a kid. I didn't know if he really wanted to have other children. He also wasn't, he initially said he didn't believe in monogamy, but then later he said that he did and that he could see it. But then something in the pit of my stomach was like, yeah, but I don't see it. Like, I don't think that you're like my person, person, but I could keep doing this forever and that was kind of scary I thought I was like when the first time I tried to end it and then we got started again but the first <laughs> time I was like I'm afraid I'm gonna look up and I'm still fucking with you and so much time would have passed can I, I just still give you a, a hand can I give you a, can I give you a hand clap for choosing to walk away I mean I was and it was also for me because I was so focused on my career I was like I can do this all the time and also yes. then it was, it was that and 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 girl therapy has helped me understand I have had commitment issues not in terms of being monogamous because that's a different conversation that I need to have with y'all about understanding this lack of monogamy with y'all generation generation. (laughs) y'all y'all and all the flexitarians and the and the uh, not me like it's that that, that's a different I want to I want to talk about that so I'm I got a question for y'all on that but and now a word from our sponsors Hey group chat, it's me Sade and I am here to talk to you all today about always ultra thin pads. Now, as you can imagine, you all know I'm the queen of self-care and I like to feel comfortable. Pads were not my thing, but ever since being introduced to always ultra thin, I'm back on the pad wave. Let me tell you why. There's superior period protection. You don't have to worry about leaks and discomfort and always ultra thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store bought brand. So Head over to always.com and get you some always ultra thin pads. Tell them that I sent you. When I, in therapy, I was like, the reason why I realized it because I've had my dad, my biological father wasn't in my life. Um, and I was raised by my grandfather and I have a wonderful stepfather 
Um, but my biological father, so commitment for me, it was like, I wanted them close enough. It's why I always like long distance relationships. I like I've dated, I've, I've dated two people in London and <laughs> it was, it was very convenient. You come here, I come there and then I leave. Yes. Now I'm at this place. I don't like sleeping alone. I'm like, shit, you know, like, what do I do about this? I'd be like, my girlfriends, I'm like, can you come over and cuddle me? Um, <laughs> That's a whole different conversation too, but not like that. But like, oh, that. I was like, like oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I, think, I, I was. Getting, I got it. I got I it. I got it. Oh, Glenn, did I, I hear something Glenn else? Her question. No, Glenn, Glenn messy oh, ass in her square. It's so messy. No, Glenn, it ain't that. Um, but but it goes back to this point of like, you know, that's a TV show that I'm working on though, about like a rebooted Golden Girls, but with black women who all yes. live together because we're single. Like, so that's a whole different- Please so, make my dreams like, come true. <laughs> it's a whole different, that's a whole different concept. But yeah, so like the situationship lasted too long. Um, and then like, you know, this, my most recent is someone I've dated on and off. And quite honestly, when he showed up, I knew, um, I knew and we knew, but we played around. And I think that that's the other thing that I've learned. It's like now the confidence of being 40, when you know, you know, stop playing games. And mm -hmm. someone has to have their, who had their big girl panties on set? Sade. Sade. My bloomers. <laughs> yeah, the bloomers are, you got to put them golden girl bloomers on and be like, <laughs> here's what the hell is going down. You in or you in? What's it? What is it? What are we doing? And so I won't, don't, I'm happy you're out of the situation ship. Glenn and we know and we know Chelsea who's 23 right exactly <laughs> Chelsea's 23 to be wed <laughs> getting married <laughs> I'm so, fucking yeah. crying oh my gosh um, did you want to ask us about the non-monogamy actually oh, yeah. is a good person to speak on it so I'm not actively in a non-monogamous relationship right now because my <laughs> boyfriend is not currently <laughs> of that mindset <laughs> but things change and how I do you feel about that when it changes and what's your position on it when he is not when he says that he, he's into the pol polygamous thing are you oh, into the polygamous it's the thing? opposite oh, it's, oh okay what happened come back <laughs> he's so i he's with monogamy and he is like a true true like traditional monogamous i mean it's give or take in everything i'm not and i'm not of the mindset of like if we can't be open then i can't be with you but i also feel like as you get older you grow you see things that might change if it doesn't fine so be it okay <laughs> keeping it in my big girl panties but, literally, but if for some reason she said I might have to take my big curl panties off and put some thongs on period. In, Correct. In, in multiple destinations right no, but you know but if, no, actually if for some reason you know he's he's an interesting person right because he understands me he understands that I'm flirtatious so it's not to the degree of like locked in don't even look at somebody, but because he understands just in my nature, I'm going to look, I'm going to touch, I'm going to dance. I just feel like there's so many beautiful people in this world that you can connect with on so many levels that doesn't necessarily have to mean sexually, but even just like when I'm 
romancing in Mexico City and a gentleman wants to take me out dancing. Like, I want to do that. I want to experience that. And that mm-hmm. not necessarily mean that I don't love my partner just as much. I just want to experience this person. And often when you experience someone of the opposite sex that you are attracted to, then we start pulling in Touching. all this Oh. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no. What I'm saying, then it, then it, then it starts to like be a yeah. thin line of like, oh, you're cheating. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, you're doing that. And I'm like, I'm experiencing. Um, and so that's how I feel about it. I don't necessarily think I necessarily need to be like out fucking everybody. I, I don't know why. Like you, you remind me of my big sister, and I'm like, oh my god, I said fuck no. And that's what it's supposed to be. And that's what happens. So this is good. It's all good. I, I don't think it necessarily has to be that. I feel like, yes, our generation has gotten into this like, oh, well, I'm poly, but these are the rules and this and that and all the different ways in which people identify with their sexuality. I think I just feel like as young, beautiful, living souls, we deserve experiences. And that's how I see it. But right now, ain't no experiences happening. That it, this young man. Well, how do like, you choose? How do you choose when the experiences are happening? Is it because of how you feel, or you're in Mexico City, or is it because you and your partner have an understanding or agreement right now? Ideally, I think it's like you have a nice agreement. Um, I can't speak too much on the current agreement on air, um, <laughs> but we can uh, offline. It, it's a, it's a nice I, no, because I so and and I but I said this to you all before. I said I need to have like quarterly kind of catch ups with you because you all keep me kind of fresh and young. I don't understand any of it. So let me just tell you for anyone who's listening, I don't know what's going to happen between you know with my relationships and dating and. That's the other thing, like, and there are people who are like actively trying to get at me while I'm broken up right now. Um, There Mm. are people actively trying to get at me. I am not, I, at this point in my life, I want to be super intentional, but I also have never been comfortable, like having sex with multiple people in a Mm. season or at a time. It's just never been my thing. Um, And then especially now, like for me, it's less about the concern of being pregnant and more the concern about some other shit. Like I'm too yeah. old to have gone, you know, STD free and yeah. have some other stuff go down. So that just doesn't work for me. Um, but also like, it's a spiritual thing for me. Mm-hmm. And so I try and understand and what's, what's challenging for me. And I'm also, I, I'm giving y'all a lot. God, um, cause I, I also, it's I so funny. This. So Mashonda Mashonda um, Treffer is one of my good friends and she's actually, she's not here at my house now, but she's here at my house. Um, she's doing a, an art show for BT weekend um, tomorrow, but like we were just talking, her new album is coming out and we were talking, she's like, it's all about dating. She's like, she's never talked about dating publicly. And that was actually one of the things that, you know, was a little bit of an issue. Um, and it's like, I don't talk about like my boyfriend, I don't say boyfriend because I'm a girl's girl, right? And mm-hmm. I don't, and I talk about more empowerment stuff and I talk about my personal life, but I've always wanted to keep my man stuff behind until it's like super, my, like my, almost husband. my husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the reason mm. for that, and the reason for that has, and, and perhaps I, I, I have to evolve in this. And so I've been working on this because my ex helped me to understand. He's like, well, you know, I want to know that you, you want me in these mm-hmm. circles and that you you're proud of me. And it was never that that wasn't the case. It was more because listen, 
these there most people like me like I probably am one of those people that you know you ask about people like oh I love her and not that I give a shit about that but that's probably (laughs) the truth but at the same time like there are also people out here can say I love her and I like her and then be like oh that's her man let me try and get at him I don't Mm -hmm. need all of that stuff out there and I just don't I do feel like there are some things when you're especially so transparent as I am about the world and about my life experience that I want to reserve for myself. Like my mom and my parents don't like being on social media, you know, and, you know, so I honor that for them. You know, Mm -hmm. I, there are just some things I like to keep to myself. So talking about dating this openly, y'all going to have to come up with some really good, good clips on this. Oh, we're going to have some clips. (laughs) Glenn, messy Glenn. I just want to know though. Messy. So as I was saying, my mom always says, especially specific to my situation, when I talk to her about, you know, what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling about monogamy, that there's no ring on my finger. And so, you know, curious on your thoughts on that. Mm, girl, I will hmm. have to <laughs> tune in later. <laughs> All right. That was part one ah! of our conversation with Ty. You know, um, you have to step back into the group chat next week. You all to see where we end up. And we have a lot more to discuss with Ty, especially including her brand, Brown Girl Jane. We want to know a lot more about that. So more to come. Love y'all. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye.